0: You're listening to the Bags and Plat Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Bags and Plat Podcast. Today is Thursday, September 24th. We are coming off of probably one of the best sports weekends bags in the history of sports, and that's saying a lot. It's been really cool. I know you mentioned via text you were overwhelmed. It's so
0: fun to be overwhelmed with sports after what we went through this year. I'm looking forward to another great weekend, too, because um, it's it's the playoffs is basically this week for a a bunch of teams. Platt, there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that are still involved mathematically, probably going to make it. But they're they're right on the cusp. It's 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 going to be a great sports weekend with the baseball, especially. And of course, week three NFL college football. I'm ready for it, ready for NFL tonight. I'm even going to dive into the NBA. I watched the NHL last night's Stanley Cup game. To tell you the truth, I thought it was very entertaining, even though it wasn't a great game. Both teams played hard.
1: I'm ready to rock and roll, bud. So talk to me about, like, what was your game plan on Sunday? Because I woke up and I was like, I need a strategy. Am I going red zone for NFL? And then I'm gonna to go to the US Open, then I'm gonna check out baseball a little bit. I have no Rover in play, so I'm already at a disadvantage. But well, yeah, figuring that conf- out was so hard.
0: It was, it was. Um, I did have a kid's soccer game at 1 o'clock in Hillsdale of all places. I had to look at that green and yellow uniform oh. again. And when I was on my way home, I was thinking about what you just brought up. Do I go red zone and US Open? But I do want to watch the Jets and the Giants because I want to see what the hell's going on because I heard the score in the car. They were both down huge. So right away, I eliminated watching either of those games. Unless there was a commercial, I'd go quick. So I eliminated the Jets and the Giants. And I got to tell you, uh, I don't know if we're going to dive into NFL yet, but these teams are in really bad shape. So I stuck to Red Zone and U.S. Open on the rover the entire day with a couple flips, but I never even, it's funny, you kind of all of a sudden, when the football comes around, you kind of forget baseball's there. So I would see the ticker, and I would see the Yankees and the Mets scores, and I'm like, you know, a couple weeks ago, that's all we had, Platt. So now, I'm like, I almost put baseball to a side, and then right away, starting Tuesday, it takes over again.
1: Yeah, I was uh, dilemma of the century, like figuring out what <laughs> to watch. And you know what, what? What's interesting to me, and you 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 brought up a good point because baseball goes on a little bit of the back burner when the NFL's on, and I think part of that reason too is the NFL aside from the fan aspect has a regular season and it's going to go from start to finish, hopefully. Whereas baseball, you've had the shorter condensed abbreviated version. Some teams had COVID issues, other teams didn't. It's a funky season. And we've talked about like, do you put an asterisk next to whoever wins this world series or not? But I don't think you're going to have any of those issues with the NFL. So I'm wondering if like, especially like I can get red zone is like a black hole to me. It's one of the best inventions I've ever come across because I can't sit there and watch an entire game now. And I don't know if it's an ADD thing, if it's like the new generation thing, but having Red Zone to me is amazing.
0: I got to tell you, it's the greatest invention ever. You know why? You brought up the ADD thing. No effing commercials, dude. When, I mean, if you sit through an NFL game nowadays, Platt, due to how many stupid and dumb commercials you got to sit through... My dad was, would always yell at me when I would flip around, flip around, flip around. Now he does that because the commercials are out of control during an NFL game. At least baseball, you watch a full inning, get a commercial. Hockey, you get a full period. But football, dude, it's almost like every, you know, every couple plays, third down punt, commercial. Third down, punt, commercial. Interception, commercial. Touchdown, commercial. Fumble, commercial. It's out of control. So the red zone gives you 12 hours of no commercials and it's literally unreal.
1: So that's one of the reasons why I haven't been to an NFL game in so long, because <laughs> first of all, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Washington Football Club. So there's no going to a game. Like I'm not sure. going down to, uh, I was going about to call it RFK. I'm not going to FedEx field. <laughs> so. For me to like go to a giant game and deal with, what's the stat? It's really like 21 minutes of actual game time as opposed to watching Red Zone where I feel like I'm being entertained pretty much every second from kickoff till they're off the air at six thirty, seven o'clock at night.
0: Yeah, I mean I basically had season tickets up until um, when my son was probably 4 or 5 and the twins came. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I can't invest 10 hours. You wake up at nine thirty. You get to the stadium at ten thirty. You tailgate till one. You come home. You get banged up. You wake up the next morning feeling like complete shit. Um, it's just and and like you said, when you're at the game, it's so slow that to the point where when I was when I was going to games up until you know mid thirties, I would actually leave at halftime and go outside to the parking lot watch some watch some of the game. Uh, on the TVs in the parking lot, and they would actually have the direct TV out there. You can hang out. You have some more food. You more drink. Sitting in a stadium is just so unappealing to me. Uh, I guess I got to a certain age, but, but the whole rah-rah tailgate, I mean, I did it for many years. But sitting in a stadium right now, I just, I just don't see it, especially with the red zone and the access you have via television. And by the way,
1: how great the picture is on our TVs these days. Yeah, I mean, I have zero. I have very limited interest in going to a game. So switching put me, gears, put me, put me in a box plat, then I'll contemplate it.
0: You know what I mean? Walk around. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and that's that's a different kind of experience, and that that to me is what is also taken away from Yankee Stadium. We've talked about it. You've got sushi being served, people eating lobster rolls, the games going on. No one even knows this is pre-COVID when fans were there. It is a great experience, but it definitely takes away, I think, from like the passion of the fans and the love of the game, unless it's the World Series or a super important game, because people are just coming in and out. You see Yankee Stadium; there's so many empty seats. Platt, do you know why they put
0: up all those nets? Because everyone's head is freaking down, looking at their phones, looking at something, uh, putting in bets, talking to someone. I mean, th- there's never a, a, a focus on the game throughout the whole stadium. Maybe the playoffs, but not 100%. And people got hurt. And, you know, <clears throat> they, you think they should have had a net when Gary Sheffield was pulling the ball down a third baseline? Of course, but people weren't glued to their phones. So I get why they put it up. But I also get that uh, it was a huge liability. If you got people looking down at the floor or their phone or eating, like you said, eating sushi, going in the back. Um, Those nets had had to be put up just because of the reason that the fans do not have a full interest in the actual sport on the field.
1: But it also takes away from the fan experience. We were at a game with our kids together, and I remember yep. your son trying to get an autograph, and it was like he had to walk around half the stadium to get to an area where there was no netting. And you also have the visual aspect of it, which it's right in your face. when you're. Si- if I'm paying that kind of money to sit in the first or second row at Yankee Stadium, and I'm like by the Yankee dugout or in that area, I don't want to freaking net in front of my face. I understand no. the danger. I understand what comes along with that, but like... I- I don't. I'm not spending that kind of money to to sit there with a net three inches from my face. Uh, it sounds awful, but I I can't stand it. Well, I'll be honest. Remember Platt? My dad used to sit down in the left field line at little, uh, high
0: school at little league games. Yep. With a cigar. I actually me and my wife do that now because I don't even like looking through a fence. So a lot of a lot of the fields that we're going to going one to, we're going to one tonight. I sit where I can't. I don't have anything obstructing my view, not even a fence, because it just—it just—I don't know. It just doesn't feel right looking through a fence. So looking through a net and spending, you know, 80 grand for the year on season tickets or more, uh, you know, doesn't not not appealing. Honestly, yeah. going to going to events now is just not as appealing than being home. I don't know if it's because we're 45 or, you know, we just. We just don't, we don't need it. We don't need to go. But if, if there's opportunity arises where like you, you've given me tickets over the years for me and my kids. And I, I, I so appreciate it I, I, unless I'm getting tickets handed to me, it's tough for me to say, all right, do I want to spend three or 400 bucks? You know, it's not like the $5 nights every night. Do I want to spend this money and actually get bothered and look through a net have to go get ice cream, spend a fortune, deal with the bridge traffic, uh traffic on the way home, coming home late at night. I don't know, man. I don't mean to poo-poo going to games because I love it. Well, uh,
1: but it's just it's a real investment. We we sound like our dads now. We sound like <laughs> our dads now, and that's something that I never thought I'd understand. My dad in the seventh inning, when we'd go to Yankee games, would be like, Let's leave. And I'm like, What do you mean? He's like, We're gonna beat traffic, I gotta drive back to Jersey. I'm like, but Rivera's going to come in in the ninth, and he's like, yeah, that's great, but we got to, I don't want to sit in the parking lot for four hours waiting to get out of here. I have work tomorrow. Oh, I'm so Arnie, dude. I used
0: to leave in the fifth or sixth if I could. I mean, I love beating the traffic, and most of the times, Platt, when we did leave the stadium early, I actually saw the ninth inning at home because, you know, I mean, we grew up in the same neighborhood. If you, yep. if you hit it right, you can get home in
1: under 30 minutes getting on Route 4, you know what I mean? Yeah, which that's that's a now that I'm in the shoes I'm in, I get it. I'm like, all right. I turn to my daughter. It's the seventh inning. I'm like, all right, it's it's eight three. She's like, but the game's not over. I'm like, yeah, it's over. We're good. We should go. We got. We're gonna be traffic, but it's a whole different thing going to Westchester. So the playoffs are starting, which it seems like the season started yesterday for MLB. Oh, I we're, can't believe it. We're here now. I still... Who are the Yankees going to play? Is it going to be the White Sox or the Twins? Is it decided yet? I, I haven't looked. I've been too overwhelmed with everything else.
0: All right. So basically right now, we're the fifth, uh, the fifth team in the American League. We cannot win a division. So we will be playing the Minnesota Twins as of right now. Now... History will tell you the Twins have zero shot at beating the Yankees in the playoffs. <laughs> it's just, it's a well-known thing. And it's almost sad, but it's definitely true. Now, this year, um, we have a three-game series. Platt, I've never seen this in my life. I'm a little nervous, and I want to bring up one point to you before I give it back to you. If you have three games, right, obviously you got Cole going number one, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I read in the post that he was going to throw Tanaka in game two. Now, I was also talking to someone recently, and I brought up this point to him. I said, you know, with our lineup and our bats, if Tanaka or Cole loses one of the first two games, and I know you can't think like that, but if they did, that, that means we got probably J.A. Happ pitching game three that decides our season. Now, how would you feel with our season on the line throwing Hap? And would you consider going against the grain and possibly pitching Tanaka game three if there was one and Hap game two and rolling the dice? I, I, I can argue both sides, and you know, obviously no one's wrong or right. But the object is to not have a game three, which I understand. But what, what would you think about that if you
1: well, had the choice? All right, so I want to answer that, and I want to backtrack. Well, actually, let me oh. backtrack first. Are all three games in Minnesota? Um, I believe they're in a bubble. For the first round, they're they're bubble too. I th- I thought yeah. that was only the ALCS and World Series. I'm not sure, but I guess it all depends. And and there there's no more pressure on. any I think I think person. you might be right, Platt. I think there might be in Minnesota to tell you the truth. But yeah, w- whatever. Th- Continue. So I was just going to say that. I don't think there's been more pressure on one pitcher in the last 15 years than there will be on Cole in game 1 of that series because his entire signing with the Yankees, you can wash away the fact that he went whatever, 7 and 3 this year with a 2.8 something ERA and he was lights out 80% of the time he pitched. If he doesn't have a good start, that's all you're going to hear about, especially if they get knocked out of the playoffs. So, to answer your question, I might I might roll the dice, but if if Cole gives you a great game one and you can throw Tanaka and close the series, I think you gotta look at it and go, you gotta go for the jugular because these are the, what I'm really interested to see is these short series. I feel like you're gonna have a lot of upsets because if someone steals game one, it's not even a best of five; it's a best of three. Yeah,
0: and I know, Plata. I mean, that's why I'm a little nervous. And you know what's even? You know what I do like though, that they're playing. Three nights in a row. I Agreed. mean, how how great is that? Because now, obviously, you have to name your three starters right away. It's going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Platt. And I also found out that they're going to have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off, three days, and then the second round will start um, on on the Monday.
1: Now so you know why you know why you love this bags you love this because it's you have to manage it's like NL baseball and I know you've always loved having to deal with the pitcher and do you take them sure. out do you leave them in these guys now have to manage it's not a situation like we talked about a show or two ago where you're gonna have guys rested and you're gonna pitch the same relievers every game like if you're Boone you, you really got to map out how you're gonna. Control your bullpen for three straight days. Like, is Chapman going to pitch three straight days? Is Adavino going to pitch three straight days? If you're up eight-one and Cole's on the mound, do you t- do you pull him in the fifth and say, let's keep him for game three potentially? I know you probably can't pitch a guy on two days rest like that, but like, what if the Yankees put a twelve spot on the Twins and it's twelve nothing in the second or third inning? There's a oh, lot seriously. of scenarios you got to play out here. Or if Tanaka's pitching game two when that happens, these guys, you're going to get to see either how good or how bad of a manager all these guys are. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on Boone this series. A lot of pressure.
0: That's a great point, Platt, because even if, I mean, you got to use your horses and you can't, you know, you can't just say, you know, we're going to have a pitch count because the bullpen is actually... The one thing in the playoffs that you have to manage well, Girardi was always good at it, and he's he's probably going to do a good job if Philly gets in. But even though he has a real shitty bullpen, but you gotta you you gotta actually say, listen, you gotta give me six or seven. I can't go to the bullpen every night for three straight nights. So that's a great point. Um, the managerial part of uh, of of these series is going to be
1: awesome to watch. I can't wait actually. And then you also have, and I believe this is true, and you could fact check me on it, that in the playoffs, you don't have any of this crazy extra inning nonsense. So what happens if game one goes 16 innings? You got to come back and play game two and game three the next two days. Like, I almost would love to see that happen, not to the Yankees, but in one of these series and see how much it's going to impact or change the landscape of a three-game series. Because you're not going to have a runner on second to start the extra innings because this is a playoff baseball.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, my next point I wanted to make about the Yankees is that if they do get by Minnesota, this is a hypothetical one, but I think they'd be playing Tampa in a five-game series, and that is almost worthy of, as, a, as a, almost a World Series. That would be the matchup that would absolutely be awesome, but it scares the living you-know-what out of me because I don't want any part of that team.
1: I hear you, but I just – they. I know they've had a great season. I give them a ton of respect. Their management's done a phenomenal job, as they seem to always do, with limited funds and putting a great product on the field. But like as good as they are, and I know that they are 8-2, and I think, against the Yankees this year, they don't scare me, per se. But yeah, I agree with you. That's going to be a tough series. And I also think the Yankees have something to prove in that series. I mean, Tampa has owned them this year, which you can't really ever say that, and you know they weren't healthy when they were playing Tampa they didn't seem to get great pitching i know Tampa's got a lot of good arms and again they have a good 1 through 9 and a good pen and good starting pitching but i like the yankees chances against them if they can get starting pitching in that series tanaka hap and if if garcia ends up pitching they're going to all have to pitch well and at least give the yankees six innings
0: yeah, the last two nights I've been watching uh, the Tampa Bay Mets series because the Mets are basically in a playoff scenario because they have to win every night, and I don't think they're going to make it now. Um, but I watched Snell and Glasnow, and those guys are lights out. And in the past, yeah. we've we've always had problems with hard lefty pitchers, whether it be regular season or the playoffs. We uh, we, we don't handle them well. Um, Keiko was the last one I think we ran into. We just couldn't touch him. Now... As far as the American League, I know Oakland is just playing out of control this year. but And I really haven't seen much of Minnesota. I think Cleveland is really under the radar at the moment. you got Minnesota, Chicago, and Cleveland. And they're still not um, – they've all clinched a playoff spot. But Minnesota hasn't clinched a division yet. So that's going to be interesting. They're only a half game up on the Sox. White Sox and they're two and a half up on Cleveland and Cleveland is surging right now. And I got to tell you every last night was a 2-1 great Cy Young uh, on both Cy Young candidates on both teams. Cleveland I would think would be a dangerous team. Chicago White Sox are having a ball. Oakland I just for some reason Platt I never give Oakland enough credit but I also know that they never come to play in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and at some point, you have to figure they're going to get over the hump. And the same can be said about the Twins against the Yankees. And this, exactly. year, scare, this year scares you. Three games. And if you look at you definitely have the post in front of you right now because I know how you are. If yes. you look at the Yankees' home schedule, a home record versus their away record, this was the one year where you I know there are no fans, but you really wanted home field. And the fact that they don't have it could end up being the biggest Achilles heel for them because Minnesota is a completely different ballpark than what they have at Yankee Stadium. So that's another challenge for them. I don't know what's going to happen here.
0: Yeah, they're twenty-one and seven at home and eleven and seventeen on the road. That's a pretty big. Uh, Doesn't that scare you? Doesn't that scare the hell out of you? It does because now a lot of our hitters, including Lemayhu and even Urshela, um, they love the right field porch plat and they're righties, dude. I'm not even bringing up a lefty. These guys are right-handed hitters that love using even right center, which is 385, but down the line, 314, they love using that short porch. Now, getting to the National League, I got to admit, Platt, I usually – you know I love watching West Coast. I haven't really watched much this year, again, with the shortened season. The Dodgers have hit the most home runs in one month in the history of the National League, and I – I haven't really seen them play that much, but it's it's like every night they are just lighting the ball up. I I would be really really surprised if someone knocked them off, especially when Kershaw's
1: throwing good. You have any thoughts on the National League? I think it's the Dodgers and the Cubs. I mean, I know the Padres are fun to watch and maybe they'll have an upset or two, but it seems like the the Cubs and the Dodgers and the Cubs have kind of flown under the radar this season. I think they're the two teams to watch. I mean, the Dodgers are just I mean, their one through nine, as you said, is phenomenal. They have great starting pitching. Their bullpen could be a little suspect here and there, but if there's any year that the Dodgers should win the World Series, and we said this from the beginning, it's this yep. year. I mean, yep. they have the pitching, they have the hitting. They they got Mookie Betts. Like they, if they don't win this year, it's or at least get to the series actually win it's an embarrassment for the organization because they've been so good for so many years they should get over the hump this year so i like dodgers and cubs i don't know how the playoffs are lining up who's playing who like if the dodgers would have to play the cubs in the nlcs or before that but you know this this best of three is going to be wild to watch and i'm excited and i can't believe the mets aren't even going to make the playoffs this year you think about like how pretty easy it was to get into the playoffs, the only team I think—and you got to give them a little bit of a pass because of what happened last year—but I could not believe when I looked at the Nationals' record right now. I mean, they're in dead last in the NL East.
0: I know uh, they're ten games under. I couldn't—I be- uh, couldn't believe it. I mean, you want to say, um, you know, World Series hangover, but like you said, it's—it's it's not that hard to make the playoffs this year if you just went a little over five hundred, even a few games plat. Like the Mets, okay? They're twenty-five and thirty-one, and they're still freaking not eliminated. So if you, if you just if you just take four or five games, okay? And that's how small uh, this amount is. Four or five games, and they're over five hundred, and they couldn't do that, and that's sad. And I know Strowman opted out, and uh, Cespedes, you know,
1: he's a loser but they and really the guard was hurt but yeah there's no excuse yeah. there's no there's excuse no they excuse. got a good
0: mike Platt, they got a good lineup dude they do yeah. so it, it wasn't hard as you said to make the playoffs out of i mean there's 16 teams dude that's half the that's half the whole of major league baseball but,
1: and now if you're if you're a Mets fan like 90% of them like where do you shift to now you're you got the jets who season's over
0: yeah, let's. Uh, you want to talk about the Jets and the Giants for a second? Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I feel. First of all, I feel like I jinxed Saquon last week, and I'm not the reason he got injured, but no. <laughs> I I shit on him a lot, and now I feel incre- like the Jewish guilt has has come out of me. Now I gotcha. feel really bad about my comments because <laughs> it's a shame that he's out for the year, and who knows? Like, quite honestly, I mean, his rookie contract is up after this year, right? So it's like. You know, I know Adrian Peterson came back from his injury and was still a star and incredible, but like a torn ACL and everything he's got down there and he's a physical freak. So odds are he'll be OK, but, you know, he's he's going to lose three years, his best three or not best, but first three years of his playing career are pretty much going to be done. I I mean, the Giants are just what, what what do you even say about where the Giants and Jets are right now?
0: Well, I'm, I'm going to say something about Saquon. I, I, I wish I'd never had a say, but due to the Giants' status right now, okay, he is going to end up as a failed draft pick because of this injury, only because even if he does come back, he's not coming back as the same player. Okay? Let's be honest. He's got MC, MCL damage too. That knee right. is banged up. Okay. So even if he came back, what the hell kind of team is he coming back to? They're not going anywhere anyway. They're going to go 4-12. and 12. What, is he going to come back and make a difference? He can't make a difference with this team. They can't block. I even read O.J. Simpson. I don't know how I saw this, but O.J. Simpson watched the Giant game and said none of the linemen even push anybody around. They're not physical. Poor Saquon. He said me and, and uh, Barry Sanders couldn't run behind the Giant line. And those are probably two of the top five greatest backs all, of all time saying it uh, in the paper that he couldn't run behind the Giant line. So even if Saquon came back, right, 85%. He's not coming back to a playoff team. So, Platt, what, what, in his fifth and sixth and seventh years, they're still not going anywhere. So, Saquon Barkley is not going to be, you know, he's not going to be even Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber had a great career, a big-time career. and It was short, but it was a great career. I don't see Barkley coming back and making an impact in the NFL, especially if he's playing for that shitty organization that, Down and East Rutherford because they are going nowhere.
1: But Bags, let's let's start at where the problem came in. And I remember texting you draft night, and I remember saying, Saquon is an unbelievable running back. You cannot draft a running back at the number two or number three pick in the NFL draft with the way the league is played today. And that's exactly what the Giants did, knowing they didn't have a great offensive line, knowing that the organization had no direction at the time, and Eli was basically on crutches in his in his last days as a giant so you're right looking at the organization and shitting on it because there's no way that they should have drafted saquon and i understand that he could have been a star running back someplace else and i know the talent he had but you just can't not in this day and age not with how the nfl is and i sound like a broken record but name the last great running back that won a super bowl like you can't so it it's we're at a point where you can't. I don't care what he looks like coming out of college. You can't draft a running back at that spot unless somehow you're New England or San Francisco or one of the top four teams in the league, and you somehow ended up getting the pick via a trade or some craziness. If you're the Giants in that position, the Jets in that position, any of those teams, you can't draft a running back.
0: So bottom line, bottom line, Platt. I don't think a running back should be drafted in the
1: top fifteen ever again right I, I I mean I agree I don't care how how incredible you can get the him in a third
0: guys. you can get him in a third and fourth round I mean
1: you know just do the math look you know Terrell Davis won a couple Super Bowls he wasn't a first round pick no you you can go through the list of all these guys who were taken you know second round third round fourth round yep. Alvin Kamara I mean all these guys they, they weren't top five, top ten draft picks. It puts too much pressure on Barkley. It's not a running back league right now as much as Ezekiel Elliott will try to say, feed me and give me the ball. It's not a running back league. And you got some great talent at the position, don't get me wrong, but you're not winning a Super Bowl because you have a great running back these days. It's just it, it when we grew up, different story. Now, different league.
0: Yes. Uh, Lombardi's not running the power sweep anymore is what you're saying, right, but <laughs>
1: Yeah, Talking about power sweeps, what about the Jets?
0: Well, first of all, we brought this up before in another show about Trevor Lawrence, but now it is for real, and I'll tell you why. If you look at the schedule, okay, the only team that they probably can beat in the next four or five weeks would be the Dolphins. They play the Chiefs, Platt. They play the Seahawks. They play the Colts this week. They play the Ravens. Let me tell you something, bud. This could be an 0 for season. Because, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, they're going to have to tank. You have to tank. And Darnold is not the answer. I'm sorry. I know I'm Clemson biased. But Trevor Lawrence is one of those guys that you just have to draft because you have to draft. Now, that's what I think the Giants said about Barkley. Like, well, I think we got to take him because we got to take him because they already had, you know. Their mind made up, probably. But if Trevor Lawrence, if you get the number one pick, if you're the Giants, you trade the pick. If you're the Jets, you take Lawrence and you just get you know you trade away Donald, you get something for him, and you wish him success through another team, you know? I mean, it's it, It's just one of those things. Now, last week, first of all, Giants are running Devonte Freeman and Dion Lewis. That's number one. Number two, the Jets. we're gonna stick with the Jets. 37-year-old Frank Gore, Platt. Come on, dude. Your first three receivers are all out for this game. The top three receivers. Um, there might even be like tryouts for, in the public for, to play wide receiver for the Jets yep. this Sunday. What are
1: you, what are you doing Sunday? Are you available?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So you remember that movie uh, that uh, Wahlberg starred in, playing for the Eagles? Yeah, yeah, based yeah. on a true story, that. it almost seems like that could be a scenario. Now, if they don't, if they don't have a chance at winning, the, your top three receivers are out, your best running back is out, your quarterback is just not that good, and you gave away your best defensive player. So, Platt, let me ask you this: Do you think the new general manager was planning around this and putting the shittiest team he could out there so he could get the number one pick?
1: He, he might have because if you look at all the other shitty jet quarterbacks over the past 10 years at least they had some good receivers and I read an article about that yep. I was talking about the list of guys that they brought in for those below average quarterbacks they're giving Darnold no help and it might be because Douglas knows full well that Darnold's not the guy he didn't draft him he doesn't see the upside he doesn't see the future with him and He's going all in for Trevor Lawrence. And I know you're Clemson biased, but Lawrence is the best quarterback in college football. And its I don't even know that it's necessarily close. And he would have been the number are, one pick for, prior to this, too, if he went yeah, that and, year. exactly. And so for me, like, yeah, you could be right. The Jets could just be throwing the towel in for this season as much as these pros hate saying that. I mean, they're going – nowhere fast and the fact and I've talked to a few friends of mine who are jet bands and it's like I get that you can always look in the rearview mirror and say why didn't you do this but they're gonna have to deal with Josh Allen for the next 10 years in the AFC East and I know it's would have could have should have but talk about the right team drafting the right player and understanding where he'd flourish and I know they have a good team around him but that was a good draft pick
0: it was Platt he has 730 yards Uh, in the air, no interceptions, and six touchdowns. It's only be done in the first two weeks by some really good company, Peyton Manning being one of them. So great point, bringing up Allen. My last thing on the Jets, is I'll say, and I hate to say somebody's orchestrating to have a real shit show on the field, but guess who is the fall guy here even worse? Joe Douglas has a six-year contract, Platt, and he didn't hire this moron, Gase. Gase, Platt, do you think Gase makes it to the middle of the season or the end because this guy is going to be gone and now the GM can pick his coach.
1: I don't think Gase makes it past week eight barring them winning (laughs) two games. I mean, honestly, like you look at the guy, he just doesn't look like a coach. I've listened to his interviews. He's not, he doesn't sound like the kind of guy that you follow. And I know that you can't just go out and get them, but like the Jets are in need of a Mike Tomlin. They need someone with stability, someone that players can get behind. You can't bring a rookie coach in here, somebody with no head coaching experience or limited head coaching experience or not winning head coaching experience. Like they need, they're going to have to go out and really select the right guy. And I'm telling you, you cannot bring another rookie or one or two year head coach to that organization. You just can't do it.
0: Uh, Yeah, I agree on, on, on your assessment of him as a head coach. I think he's one of those guys like a Crinnell or a Weiss that's a glorified coordinator. I don't, I don't, I don't think he doesn't know his football and I don't think he's um, a, a terrible coach. But he's in a situation right now where he is. I don't think he's going to get another NFL head coaching job. Put it that way. They're pushing him. They're pushing him off the hill because if 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 he goes, you know, say like you know two and fourteen, he's gone. Number one, number two, he's playing in New York. Number three, he didn't pick him as a GM. So, uh, you know, the last thing I'll say about the Jets is it's, it's how bad are they going to lose is the question, which, which actually helps us with the Red Zone channel because it's not even worth putting on a Jet game. Uh, if, if you put it on, you were just curious how bad
1: they are. Let me tell you who I could totally see being the next Jets head coach because this is such a Jet thing to do. I could see them hiring Jason Garrett. I could a, totally awesome. see that happening.
0: Very good point, and plus he, he, uh, he's up here now. He wouldn't yep. have to. He wouldn't have to move, and if he has any success with Jones and the offense, and they and they didn't get Lawrence and they needed someone to really come in here and push Darnold, I think Garrett would be a good hire. That's a, that's a great point. Now listen, I want to re- I want to recap the U.S. Open for a second, because on this show, as you know, we've talked about how DeChambeau completely changed, I think, the, the way golf is going to be played. Because of the body he molded himself into. Um, what he did at the U.S. Open, Platt, is actually, I agree with Rory McElroy. that is not the way to win a U.S. Open. And guess what? He won it by six shots. Because he hits the ball 380 and he can muscle it out of that rough. So, was I surprised he won it? I was a little bit because as far as he hits it, Platt, you gotta be in the fairway in the open to win it. It's just a, it's it's a known thing. So the fact that Rory threw his two cents in that you know, he he kind of took a little jab at at game. But I gotta tell you, we've said it on this show, we knew all along if you're hitting the ball that far
1: and you got nine irons into part fives, you're gonna win. And the guy can putt. And the guy can putt, and you got to keep that in mind. I mean, sure. I, I, I get that he crushes the ball off the tee, and he's unbelievably long, and the, and he's got that weird putting style too, Platt. He looks so uncomfortable. It's he almost does. I'm like, I, I, get uncomfortable watching him putt, and then you got, and then you got Wolf playing with him with the freaking leg and everything going on. I'm like, like purists in the golf game must be like, what are we watching right now? You got. It looks like the, he's taking a piss. That left leg lifting off the ground, and then you got the other guy hitting the ball 380 with this gross-looking putting stroke and weird-looking swing, and he's like Popeye, and he wants to put on another 15 pounds. That said, he crushed that course, and I don't know what you do because you can't you can't grow the rough longer. I mean that that rough was got. I mean, what's his face lost the ball in the first hole on the first tee? That was insane. English or whatever his name is, he couldn't even find his ball. Yeah, the spotters,
0: Yeah, he was furious. He had a right to be, too.
1: He did have a right to be, but ha- when have you ever heard? I mean, it's not like it's me on the first tee at Rivervale. Like, th- this guy's playing at the U.S. Open. <laughs> and, Platt, I heard there was at least eight to ten, like, spotters, like,
0: within the area. And, you know, they, they obviously just didn't hustle to the ball. But, like, I, I think it was you that told me if you put an Arnold Palmer can in the grass, it was basically covering it. And that's a tall boy. But so, let me
1: ask you this. Let me ask you this. When are we going to get to the point? You've got all this technology. You have driverless cars. You got people putting stuff up to the to the moon that, you know, Elon Musk invented in like a week. How can you not have some kind of tracking device on a golf ball nowadays?
0: I, you I, know, like, e- e- even my sister actually asked me that. And I was like, "Wow, I wonder what that what would that entail to put a sensor in a ball and be able to have the same type of Of distance and 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 not change the game in any way as far as the actual ball. Could it be done? Um, They don't lose the ball a lot, so I don't think it's probably something that they'll bring up. But I I I agree. Like, how come that hasn't been invented yet?
1: (laughs) Or or should we? (laughs) Uh, yeah let's after the after the show we'll talk about that (laughs) sounds good it was it was a great open all in all it was entertaining the course beat the hell out of a lot of these guys I did hear DeChambeau uh, mic'd up and he was talking about how the greens sucked at Wingfoot, how he didn't like him at all which was pretty funny when the guy runs and wins by six strokes but It was a fun tournament to watch. I said Phil was either going to win the tournament or be home on the weekend. He blew up, right? Right. right. Yeah, he was pissed. (laughs) (laughs) He was pissed. He looked like he had no interest. He looked like he was about to go on a bender, though, by, like, the second day. He just – the sunglasses on, like, his gut was back out. He just looked like old Phil, like he didn't give a shit. But Tiger – I mean, a lot of these guys couldn't handle this course this time around. I know, and that's why it's like –
0: you know, and and I don't want to be repetitive, but – this Deschambeau guy, I mean, it's unbelievable how he can win a tournament and
1: just not be in the fairway all the time. Well, and, that's uh, that part of it. Bags is is that's what's not good from golf purist perspective. And we br- and we brought that up this year that like
0: this could change. This could have golfers start doing steroids. This could have golfers start you know eating like a eating like a horse and trying to put on this weight because it's like. I don't want to bring up steroids in baseball, but the McGuire Sosa thing. Everyone in the league said, "Well, screw this. If I want to keep my job and make a bunch of money, I have to do it." So Platt, is it fair to compare um, changing your body and your whole like put it this way? Justin Speith, right? He's probably what 165 pounds. Justin. So good yeah, Justin Thomas, I watched him the other day. He's a little guy, Platt. He hits the crap out of the ball, too. would, would If if you're a golfer out there and you, you, you don't have your card on tour, do you actually try to emulate something that DeChambeau does because of his success, especially at the majors this year? If he goes down to Augusta, I think the Masters is in, in November, right? This, this, this fall is just ridiculous, Pat. If, if, if he goes down to Augusta, okay, back in the day when Tiger did to Augusta was insane because you know what? There wasn't any freaking rough. He bombed the ball. So if, if he goes down to Augusta and wins that major, it's, it, it it's, I swear it's going to have to be brought up about it's all about distance. And you mentioned putting too. But let's be serious. If you're at Augusta, a couple of those par fives are reachable with an eight or nine iron for this guy.
1: Yeah, and, and you watched Wolf, and he was in what? And that's why I knew he wasn't going to win Sunday, because he was in like 20% of the fairways on Saturday, and he had a miraculous day coming out of the rough. But unless you're DeChambeau, you're not winning being in the rough that much. But yeah, if I don't, if I don't have my card... And I just and I'm on tour, trying to get on tour, and I see what he just did. I'm literally going to my trainer, and I'm like, "How do I put on 25 pounds of weight? And how do I hit the ball further?" Because it's a great call. It's a a different game, and and you're going to start to see if this guy wins another tournament or two. Watch the next generation of golfers. You're going to be like that guy could have been a tight end on a football team. The the days of speed, they're going to make Tiger Woods, who's pretty jacked right now, for Tiger Woods look tiny because he's got he's going to change the game because you can't there you can't make these courses any longer. Like what are you going to do? Yeah,
0: and Platt, you know what? I, you um uh look at the size of uh Brooks kepka I
1: yeah, mean, these are these
0: these are the guys that are winning. You know what I mean? And it, it's it just it, it's something to think about the future of golf could be just flat out muscle because the length of these courses has already they've already adjusted to the new technology and the length that these guys are hitting what are you gonna do now you're gonna make every course with a bunch of rough you have to make it so where um, you know Hulk Hogan doesn't get on tour and win a tournament
1: yeah and that's that's where we're tracking and you brought up the masters being in November and I don't know if you if I read this right but apparently they they set it up where, I think there's either a, a ridiculous NFL game or there's a college football game on like it's like Alabama LSU or I don't, there's some it's like an insane weekend the weekend Clemson of the Clemson Notre
0: Clemson Notre Dame is November seventh
1: that could be it yeah two. I don't there game. the South is gonna like riot like they've never rioted before <laughs> with the amount of sports that's gonna go on down there with the SEC in full throttle your Clemson team probably undefeated the Masters taking place it's gonna be. Very unique because we've never had that in November.
0: Possibly the end of baseball season, playoffs. <laughs> hey Platt, right. do you th- do you think you'll have a rover by November?
1: The Fans want to know. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I've am I'm. been looking around and I'm, I'm trying, I'm already working with the wife. I'm like, what do we think about if we put like an extra TV? She's like, what do you mean an extra TV? I'm like, there are TVs with wheels and I could just like bring it from room to room. And this way I could, you know, you could watch some shows on Bravo when there's no sports on. So I'm, I'm slowly trying to That's work. That's a
0: good idea, Platt. You can watch sports on mute and she can actually sit next to you and she can, she can hear Bravo
1: or the Hallmark channel. <laughs> I gotta figure something out because this weekend nice. I was I was overwhelmed. There was people at our house. I was trying to not be rude. I'm trying <laughs> to watch the games. I'm trying to watch the open. I got Red Zone on. Barkley gets hurt. The Jets are getting killed. The Reds. The, the Washington football team was horrendous. There's some good NFL games this weekend. I know we. I think I went two and one last week. By the way, good for you. Good for
0: How'd you. How'd you
1: do? How'd you I do?
0: I I don't even remember.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think I actually had the Jets, so I don't even want to bring up our picks. But I will say, I I will make three picks real quick right now before we wrap it up. Yep. All right. So, I like tonight, I like the Dolphins. For some reason, I have no faith in in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's given three. My second pick are the Cardinals because I love watching this quarterback play. The red zone, he makes the red zone fun too. And, of course, I like D-Hop, DeAndre Hopkins out of Clemson, who is having a monster year, and he is going to get paid, Platt. And at my third pick, I don't think the Chiefs are going to lose to the Ravens. It's the best game of the weekend. It's Monday night. The Ravens are given three and a half, and I like the Chiefs. That's what I got for you.
1: I had that pick, and then I crossed it out because I'm taking Dallas – getting five and a half or giving five and a half against seattle i'm taking the raiders who the the pats are getting six and a half points on the raiders that that seemed odd to me and i'm gonna go with the i took the cardinals too, five and a half with the lions so we'll have to see next week let's track what we do i was two and one last week figure out your ass where you were last week and let's keep track of these games sounds good plot great show man look forward to our next one have a good one everybody